Hey, what's up? It's The Drive with Dan Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. It's the Jay Lehman Hour. It's Monday, starting off the show. Always do it right with Jay Lehman in studio. We also got a special guest here, special guest co-host, Joey Wagner. What's up, guys? I'm excited to uh, be surrounded by some some football brains here. We're going to talk some Illini football, as always. And, uh, Joey, enjoy our time when we get you in here. And, and Jay, as always, every Monday is great. Well, I listen to Joey after every game. You know, you follow the Jeremy Wag, uh, Warner, not Jeremy Wag, Warner post-game show with Joey. And they, they got some insight, man. I If you want to have a cheat sheet on how to do a Monday afternoon football show, just listen to that. It does all your homework for you. There so, you go. I'm glad to be on with the legend. Joey Wagner. It's a nice endorsement, Joey. That is a good endorsement. It's the best endorsement I've ever gotten. That's good stuff, Jay. Well, it's better than the chats that come up on those. I mean, guys, you <laughs> oh, can, goodness can, gracious. can be brutal sometimes. Oh, my goodness. I'm just glad that Pipes likes to talk about hoops, even though we didn't make a bowl. I mean, uh, talk about football, even though it's hoop season. We just had a great win against Colgate, which I know is great news, right? Sure, yeah. But um, Expected. But, you know, nothing like what Michigan State and Purdue had. See, I'm giving you a little love. Mm. I mean, they had some big wins in the Big Ten. But... Again, we thought we were going to a bowl game, Joey, and that's why we had this this show all the way through January 9th because we, we thought maybe, you know, just maybe we might make that uh, playoff. But uh, we're here. We're excited. We're ready to roll. Well, that's where we wanted to start with you. What, what, do you, what do players do when there's no bowl game? Like, what, what's that period of time between the end of the season and when winter workouts start? That's a good question. You know, it used to be with Ron Turner, we had two big recruiting weekends, okay? We would do it the first week of December – and the second week of December, and we weren't going to bowl games with Ron Turner with me, so that was all about recruiting, <laughs> right? And it was all about working out, so that's what you would do, and you would usually have to be a host. If you are a younger guy, you would host a, a, a recruit. When Zook came in, it came into this concept that we actually had more than two recruiting weekends. It was like every weekend was a recruiting weekend. He was one of the first guys, I think, like, oh, we're going to bring him here. We're going to bring him here. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And so we did a lot of that, and more just like, feeling sorry for yourself that you're not in Capital One Bowl Week or whatever that song is that ESPN plays over and over and over again. You're like, man, am I ever going to make a bowl? So it's kind of a, a feel sorry for yourself time, but it's also, hey, get back to the grind time. Jay, how much do you think the the player that hosts a guy or, or the group of players that hosts a certain recruit matters in a, in a recruitment? Like, did you have a couple of guys when you were on your visit that quote-unquote hosted you and we're over there at the ribeye with you when you yeah, got your, uh, the, the, you tried to order your sirloin. Yeah, the ribeye, uh, man. The ribeye is the best. It's the great, the great ones take place. We're not going to say it because Long Branch is actually our sponsor. <laughs> but um, if you've lived, if you've lived in uh, Champagne for a while, you've heard that song. But uh, I actually, you know, I like the guy that hosted me. It wasn't the reason I committed to Illinois, right? For right, sure, right. Yeah. But um, you know, it's funny because we had a good backer. Uh, on, I don't know if you've ever heard of the podcast Busting with the Boys. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Will Compton's on that podcast. Will was was out of Missouri, uh, small town in Missouri, was close to coming to Illinois. Dan Dish said, hey, to me and Brett, hey, we really want this backer to come. We really want." He was a four-star four, four star guy, I think. And um, Will wanted me to host him. Um, I think Britt knows how to show people probably a better time than I did, so I think Britt got it. And so Britt ends up getting it, but Will would come over to the house. He wanted to talk. To me, not that I was, you know, special or anything, but um, so we were kind of uh, Brit hosted. We were kind of dual hosting, and we really thought we were going to get Will Compton. He leaves. We're like, oh, dude, we're getting Will Compton. He's really good linebacker. And you know, I'm talking to Will back and forth, and you know, we we kind of chatted, 
Uh, and then for the NFC Championship game, remember you committed in February for some of these guys. Not everybody had this early commitment. Everybody signed in February. For the NFC Championship, Bo Pelini shows up with the whole Nebraska staff and watches the NFC Championship in a little town in Missouri of like 4,000 people with Will Compton. And Will Compton says, I'm going to go to Nebraska. Mm. Will Compton goes to Nebraska, has a good career at Nebraska under Bo Plays in the NFL probably for seven, eight, nine, ten years as you know a linebacker, backup linebacker. Now is busting with the boys with uh, Taylor Lewan. And so every time I see Will Compton, I'm like, that's the guy that got away right there. <laughs> Britt Miller's it, fault. I, I blame Britt. Yeah, <laughs> Britt, Britt comes up again, right? But yeah, if you ever listen to Busting with the Boys podcast, uh, Will Compton was close to going to Illinois. I don't think he has any regrets. Uh, we'd have a great run at Illinois after. But he was supposed to be the guy we really wanted to get. I remember... There was kind of an all-points bulletin out that Will Compton was the guy that we really wanted to commit. Dan Dish, linebacker, was like, this is, we got to get this guy to commit, and we didn't get him to commit. So just makes you we think, failed. It, it makes me think of maybe the coaching staff has a good gauge of, of a guy that might want to be shown a good time. So you're like, all right, who knows the doormen at cams? They can get them in. Who, who, who's the gamers if someone is uh, you know, into Madden so we can set them up with a, maybe a, a Madden tournament during their official visit? Uh, you just don't want like the Remember the Titans scene where they're putting roommates together and the guy hates the country music and he's, he's right. playing that, uh, that, that Western stuff. Well, he's like, oh, man, I, I'm not coming here. Here's the, I think it's a, a real science. One, there's, there's a couple ways you do it. One, do you put the, the Christian guy with a Christian guy? That was kind of me, right? And then so I was like Ryan McDonald, you know, who's a you know, real committed faith guy. I was hosting him. And, you know, he's a four-year starter, you know? And then you have the, the party animal kind of with, oh, this guy's probably a party animal, so let's do this. And then you, have, then you have, like, regional stuff. So it's kind of like, okay, this guy's from South Florida. Let's get him with a guy from South Florida, and let's pair him up. I think there's a the whole science to it. Um, I think by the time I was a senior, they knew I wasn't enough of a party guy to get these guys, like, you know, partied up when they went on their visit. So they had this rule like, oh, Layman's a senior. He doesn't do host, which was never really a rule. But that's kind of why I did probably do what cop did. Just give me some insight on these recruiting visits, you know? You guys like doing it? I mean, I mean like, is I, there a pressure to hosting? Because, like, I mean, they're trusting you to try to get this four-star dude. Sure. I mean, what I liked is I got 60 bucks of spending money, right? And then <laughs> you, you would uh, – but you had to account for that. So if you did not account for it, you had to – Give the money back. That this is how far we've come. Sixty bucks was a lot of money in two thousand four. Okay, when I was hosting people. Now, the meals were paid for, so you'd have to pay for your meals because they had these like you know we would go to Famous Dave's or Ribeye or whatever. Oh, right? sold. Sign but me up. We, I mean, fam- I mean, both of those went under for a little bit. Now Ribeye's back, but uh, Famous Dave's, you know, the building's still there, but you would have to account for it. So then you were you would say, oh, we went bowling, or we would we did this, or we did that. You. There were certain things you definitely could not put on that accounting that could uh, possibly use in a court of law against you on what is. So you had to account. Bowling was a, was a, was a top one. Getting food was another one. There, there was a couple different things. You did not want cover at cams. You did not want any Piccadilly receipts on there. So there's not, none of that, right? So, I mean, there's a whole science in getting your whole $60 check. Uh, which again, that's how far we've come, guys. We were excited about sixty bucks. We've got people making, you know, ten figure, uh, eight figures now in, in in college football. So kind of crazy. On the note of workouts, you mentioned recruiting. You also mentioned physical development. How, how do you take some time after the season where you, you just rest your body versus when you're going to really start to attack the weight room? How do, how does that go before you obviously get into spring practice and maybe you're 
you're getting it a little differently because you're going to start having practices versus just only being yeah. uh, a workout routine. Yeah, that's a good question, Pipes. I mean, there's a whole bunch of guys that maybe you don't see on the injury report that are nursing something, right? And so they're, they'll try to get those guys better. You really want to get them better by the time they get back for, from winter break. That's the big thing. So that's about a seven-week kind of span there. If you can get those guys better, you're going to do that. But you're going to do as much as you like, – if you've got a foot injury – you're going to be working the hand bike all day long. You're going to be doing upper body all day long, right? If you got an upper body injury, they're going to try to make you work your legs, even though it's a little more difficult to do that because you can't use your hands to balance stuff. So they're going to try to get you better. The guys that have been putting off surgery, they're going to get surgery. You know, like I, I would say like, let's say Aiden Lawford didn't have to get surgery during the season, but he knew he'd have to get surgery. He'd be a guy that would get surgery like right now, recover, get better. I know that there's a lot made usually on the basketball side, not to bring basketball back up, Jay, but uh, Adam Fletcher does a lot of great things during the summer of transforming bodies. Uh, yeah, isn't he like one of the top basketball yeah. strength coaches, supposedly? Right, he right. is. Okay. Uh, but to relate it back to football, was there a particular offseason for you where you had a significant gain where it's like, okay, between freshman and sophomore year, my squat went up this much? Or I, did, did that happen for you? you know, maybe you go after a season and then you're like, I need to address this in my – in my physical growth, and, and you were able to, to find that? Is there anything that sticks I mean, out probably, on that note? I mean, probably my first two years. Uh, you know, I came in at two, to about 205, about six, one, And what was interesting about me is I actually grew about an inch when I went on campus, like really? when I was 18, right? which, is, which is an interesting kind of thing. I was just really – I was really late blooming as far as I really – junior and senior year of high school, I started really kind of coming to my own. And so I went from 205 my first year to about 220. That's a pretty big gain. And then my second year, uh, I benefited from, from Zelensky was a strength coach. And then the next year was, was Lou Hernandez was a strength coach. So I had like, you know, I don't know if it was the muscle confusion, you know, they talk about with Tony, whatever his name is with, uh, uh, what, what is it? P90X or whatever. Yeah. But, but I, I then went to like 235. So I gained 15 pounds back to back. Now, I will tell you, as a redshirt sophomore, I did not move very well at all. It took me a while to actually learn how to play with that weight. Um, and that was the difficult part for me is like, okay, how can I actually be the size I need to be? Because I got bounced around quite a bit at 205, 220. Like you can see yourself. I look like the Cowboys middle linebacker yesterday. I mean, he got bounced around. You watched that game. Oh, my gosh. They had a guy that was marquee something. He's like 205 pounds. I'm like, guys, like great for pass coverage. But like when they run the ball down your throat, like you have to have some lead in your loafers, right? And so I didn't have any lead in my loafers. And back then they ran between the tackles more, which is way better, Joey. Uh, but now they throw the ball over the yard. So I would say those are the big jumps that I had. I was never a guy that was like, I'm your number one squatter. I'm your number one cleaner. I was pretty good at about everything except sprinting. That was pretty bad. But other than that, I was decent. Well, that's the thing with spring balls. Like, there's so much playbook stuff, right? Sure. Especially when a program like Illinois has shuffled coordinators in and out as much as they had. But it also, is it just trying your body on for size? Like, trying to figure out how in the world you move at whatever you've done in the winter or whatever sure. you've done in the fall? Like, how much does that play into what you need to accomplish in I, that part? Well, I think it plays a ton in it. A lot of these guys are, you know, sometimes you, you gain a lot of weight and then you're putting your hand on the ground. And you're playing, mm -hmm. you're playing with your hand on the ground and now you're not even seeing – anything except the guy in front of you. So how do I lead, read the lineman in front of me? Or I become, you know, a, a, I'm not a great linebacker. I'm undersized. I'm going to be a DB. Now I'm, I have to cover people in space a lot more, or I am a linebacker. Now I got to move over to the nickel position. I'm kind of a tweener. Can I actually cover these guys in space? 
And I think that's where you, you, you coaches are even like, okay, is this guy going to look like a baby giraffe out there? Or is he actually going to be able to play the way that we need to play him? And that's really the coach's job is, listen, you're recruiting these guys and you have a, a picture in your mind of like where these guys need to be at. But that oftentimes flips. Let's take J.J. Watt, for instance, you know, recruit as a tight end to Central Michigan, you know, switches over to defensive line, does great. Guy I played with against in Minnesota, Matt, Matt, Matt Spieth, uh, Spieth, excuse me, played for Indianapolis Colts as a tight end for years, was a defensive lineman, was horrible, according to his coach. When he went to the offensive side, he was really good, right? Xavier Fulton, a guy who played offensive tackle and played in the NFL, not great at defensive end, but really good at offensive tackle. So finding where those players fit is a real, real skill. I love that. And that's why when we come to recruiting, because I know you're big on recruiting, Joey, is finding stuff that fits what we want as a program. You look at Iowa. You look at Wisconsin over the years. I don't know what they're looking like. Luke Fickle. You look at Michigan State when they had it going on. They're not looking for the five stars usually. They might fall into one. A.J. Epinesa might be mm-hmm. a guy they fall into because it's kind of a legacy pickup. But it's more, hey, I want to get a guy that fits my system. I want to find a guy 6'2 to 6'5, 225 to 260, and I want to make him anywhere from a safety to a, to a Robert Gallery tackle, and we're going to develop these guys. That's why I think Illinois needs to get to. I think Brett's – it's it's – it's yet to be found out if Brett's done that with these classes. I think this next year, as we've seen the majority of the legacy lovey guys leave with Isaiah, with Keith, with, uh, with Johnny, even with Tip uh, leaving, what we're going to see is how have they developed on the back end. I think it's going to be a very telling year. Yeah, I think so too. We're, you know, I want to ask you about Isaiah. Before we get into that, what, th- that's kind of the hard part of the evaluation here is because the, the 22 class for Brett Beal, that was a COVID class, right? That was, was COVID first year, you're late, you, you either have very few relationships, you're trying to restore sure. some relationships you had, but those guys are going into their third year. And then the last sure. two classes have just objectively been better classes in terms sure. of talent. So you're still kind of in that in-between, and you're seeing that in the way they approach the portal is sure. trying to get some of these guys of, okay, these guys are sophomores or redshirt freshmen. We think they can make that step, but you're kind of at this cliff here a, a little bit, right? Right, right. Yeah, can, you, can, you, can we get to where we – are actually developing our homegrown talent and keeping our homegrown talent. I think that's a... They've done a good job with retention. Yeah, they, they have. So, and I guess and Brett will say, you know, I think it comes down to how we treat people and how we treat them with respect. We're not yelling. We're not screaming. We're, we're treating these guys with respect like young men. And so I do think losing a, a guy like Isaiah, you're, you're just not... You just can't replace a guy like him or Johnny Newton. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. Do I think Wiltshire and Hank Beatty uh, could have two-thirds the production combined of Isaiah Williams, yeah. But uh, it's really building that bridge of, okay, can we get to where we're actually developing these guys and they're actually going to play? But there's some pieces there mm-hmm. on offense. We talk about offense, and you know, as I've been thinking about it, I think they feel like they we haven't really got an offensive tackle yet, right? Not yet. No, right? they're looking. They're, they're looking. looking. They're yeah. looking. I, I think the defensive line was the urgent point. We said last week, Pipes, uh, and, all, and although Lon – disagreed of course he's gone again so he can't disagree today he, he thought offensive tackle was a bigger need than than db right uh, but i think at offensive tackle they want to get chrysler back out there i think they do i mean it didn't work because of maybe reps or injuries and they want to get henderson at the left yeah. tackle i think they feel like they got two guys that could play it and be decent where uh 
a defensive line, I didn't think they had anybody that they were like, man, I, I feel really good putting this guy down in the trenches now. You know, I also think last season scared them when when Zy Chrysler didn't work out at right tackle. Oh, yeah. they, they were out of options. Right? I don't, I, like, they I didn't want to move Isaiah Adams. They, they, they loved that combo on the left. I think that scared Brett Bielema that we, we don't have the options here. They're ready to play options at all these positions but you're seeing them now look in the portal well, even, even even mentioned that like you know we were kept kept saying is there anybody else who's going to play on the offensive line uh, largely we saw seven or eight guys i mean slaughter and whiteneck and and that was really mm-hmm. were the guys that were kind of rotating in and out of there other than crutes pearl and adams and and chrysler so there, there wasn't a ton of depth so do these guys that they've gotten you know does the clayton leonards do mm-hmm. the magnus molers do the other guys actually develop into guys that we can say hey we can put you out there and not only can you hold your own, we can move the ball with that. And I think that's the important part. Before we get out of this first segment, Jay, to circle back to Isaiah, his decision to stay or, or to go in the NFL draft to make sure that you know he was going to have this be his last go at Illinois, I think it seemed to, based on Jeremy Warner's reporting in Atlanta Inquirer, I, I got the sense that that was the way it was trending. You never know when NIL conversations are had and, sure. and whatnot, if that could sway the other way or just maybe what he's heard in the next level, but what do you make of that decision? Do you think it's a good one for Isaiah after obviously a, an insanely productive year at Illinois? I, I don't think I, I don't know if Isaiah could be better than he was this year. Thinking about there's a lot of stuff that has to go right health wise. You have to be really good. Yeah, good. You have to kind of have receivers that maybe are not nearly as good as you or the go-to guy as you. Um, and Pat Bryant at times can be that guy. He just doesn't have the consistency. Casey Washington could be the back shoulder fade guy. Love Casey Mossington. But that's about <laughs> all he was, right? That's, that's about all he was. So I, I, I think it's probably the right time. A lot of these guys are tired of being in school too. Like five years, they're ready to move on. I think it's probably the right time for him to move on. I think... I do, I do, I am bullish on Luke Altmaier. I do think if he can learn to get the ball out quicker, I think he can do his progressions, kind of like Paddock was doing progressions, but also mix in the run game that he has, his toughness, his moxie. They still have some weapons in the passing game. I believe they can do. I was really impressed by Ashton Hollis. I think there's enough guys there that we could actually have a passing attack that looks better than it did last year. I know it's been an evolution. We want it to be here right now. But I think when you came Fagan back and healthy and some other backs healthy, you combo that, maybe you get the offense you're looking for. As we go along, I want to talk more about Isaiah, but also Tip Ryman made his decision. Reggie Love, uh, a familiar face, is staying within the Big Ten. I want to ask Jay about that. Mm. If you got any questions for Jay, 217-359-2255 on the U of I Atlanta Lake text line. Jay, hit us with the sponsor oh, to make yeah. this thing happen. I got to. Of course, Iroquois Federal, they are our title sponsor for the second year in a row. Guys, for all your lending needs in Savoy and Champaign, Iroquois Federal, Bob Guido, Mark McHale, Brenda Crane, and of course, Ryan Lowry. These guys get it done. You need a commercial line of credit. You need a business loan. You need an owner-occupied mortgage. They are your one-stop lending shop. You got to check out Iroquois Federal at the crossing, Windsor and Duncan in Champaign, and just north of Savoy 16 Theaters in Savoy, right off of Neal Street. Check them out, Iroquois Federal. Of course, IPG Insurance. Kyle Lewis, he's my personal insurance agent. Kyle at IPGINS.com. Go pick up your phone. Email Kyle at IPGINS.com. Say, I want to quote home Auto, home, life, habitational, one-stop shop. Guys, we're having our Christmas party tomorrow night at Long Branch Steakhouse. It's a private party because it's only open Wednesday through Saturday, 5 to 9 p.m. Uh, Donnie's the man. You come for the fried pickles, you stay for the steak. Guys, I'm going to have a lot of fried pickles tomorrow. I'm excited mm. about that. And also, back as a spot, 
Oh, excuse me, guys. I was so excited. Back <laughs> is the sponsor, Dick Van Dyke Appliance World, guys. I mean, we, we've seen the TV ads, but the biggest sale of the year is here. It's the year-end sale, guys, and it's December 26th through January 2nd, savings up to 80% off clearance, scratch, and debt models. And iconic brands, GE, Frigidaire, Electrolux, Whirlpool. I mean, you don't get better than that. You could even enter to win a washer and dryer. You got dirty clothes. You got to go in that free washer and dryers. Save like never before, and you can spin a wheel for additional savings. I don't even know what that means, but there must be some wheel you spin when you go in there for additional <laughs> savings. The year in sale from Dick Van Dyke Appliance World, located on North Neal, just off of I-74, December 26th through January 1st. Do not miss it. You get the whole store. Jay, real quick, do you get more of, if someone spots you, this is, and they're introducing it, maybe they don't recognize you or they've never met you before, this is Jay Lehman, A, the All-American linebacker, Jay Lehman, B, the BTN guy, Jay Lehman C, Dick Van Dyke Appliance World commercial star. In Champaign-Urbana, C, all day long. <laughs> it is like, people know me as that. I got a text today from a guy. He's like, hey, I'm homesick with my kid. My dishwasher's not working. I said, we got to go to Dick Van Dyke World. Oh, we're going to see Jay Lehman there? They people think I work there. I have my neighbor come by and say like, oh yeah, have your, 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 your business is coming to you know, fix my stuff. I was like, no, I don't work for Dick Van Dyke. I am a spokesperson for Dick Van Dyke Appliance World, where you get the whole store. Great to have them back with us uh, and have Jay with us the rest of this hour. If you, once again, you got any questions from Jay, 217-359-2255. We'll continue our discussion with Illini football, talk Tip Ryman, talk Reggie Love, and anything else you guys have in mind when we come up, come back next, I should say. This is The Drive. Urbana Indoor Aquatic Center is a terrific choice during the winter break. Monday through Friday, December 20th through January 3rd, there's public swim hours from 1.30 to 5. Urbana Indoor Aquatic Center, 102 East Michigan in Urbana. Everyone is welcome. Only $6 to swim, $3 admission if you don't want to swim. Remember, a terrific gift this holiday season are pool passes and punch cards. Or if you didn't get a gift that you love, just hit up urbanaparks.org. I've got to clean out this garage. Let's see. What's the cheapest and easiest dumpster service in our area? Here's what I found. The doggy bag. Hmm, think she's broken. I'm not looking for takeout. Siri, try again. The doggy bag from Bulldog Disposal in Muhammad. Doggy bag? What's that? If you got junk that needs to go, but you don't want the hassle of having an enormous dumpster delivered, grab a doggy bag, keep it as long as you need. They'll come take it away. For more information, just visit BulldoggyBag.com. That's BulldoggyBag.com. Merle Norman brings sparkle and all with the Winter Wonders Gift Collection. Every day is a beautiful new gift with the first ever 12 Days to Beauty Advent Calendar. For your favorite gloss lover, the Dreamy Lip Set comes with a collector's cosmetic bag. For skin enthusiasts, the Goodnight Skin Set features deluxe sizes of anti-aging complex night cream and eye cream. Shop limited edition gifts while supplies last. 706 West Market View Drive in Champaign for Merle Norman. These days, it seems like bank names are changing faster than a forecast in February. But at Iroquois Federal, we're still the same community bank we've always been. For more than 135 years, we've built relationships by helping build the things that matter, whether it's a business, a back porch, or the building blocks of a better life. If you're looking for a bank that's here for the long haul, swing by today and see for yourself why different rules. Iroquois Federal, still friendly, still local, still here. 
Bet like the pros with the world's largest sports book right at your fingertips. Circus Sports is now available in Illinois. Hi, I'm Derek Stevens. I've been a lifelong sports better and I'm the owner of Circus Sports. We're excited that the Circus Sports app is now ready for action. Experience big app bets with high betting limits, tight money line splits, and more. Now you can download, fund, and bet like a pro from anywhere in Illinois. Download your new bookie today at CircusSports.com. If you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER or text ILGAMB to 833-234. Back on the drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Jay Lehman Hour here on the drive. Jay, I got to mention Trent Meacham, Champagne native, Centennial guy, doing the game yesterday on BTN. You're, of course, from Central on BTN. They put the handsome Champagne guys on TV. They put uh, one like me behind the, the mic and uh, behind a, a laptop to write. But so, you're, yeah, uh, you're a Champagne guy, Centennial. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that Trent Centennial, you know. But, <laughs> but you know, we... We can play. He's doing a good job. I, yeah. I, he was doing the Chicago State Northwestern game. I know you want the Big Ten to win, whatever, but it's kind of nice to see Chicago State win. Oof, uh, and that, was, that was a bad loss. Wow, you know what? Bad really beats. Bad. That was a bad loss right there. Uh, big time. Big, big, big. It's just so weird, you know. Especially in basketball, it's like, well, Northwestern can beat Purdue, and Chicago State can beat North. That's why that game never works, right? It's like this person would beat this. It just doesn't make sense. Is that root for the Big Ten? Now, I wrote about this last week, and I have to dive in all on this, but I think it, it'd be good for Illinois if some of the other Big Ten teams, which they did this weekend, like Michigan State winning, Nebraska beating Kansas State. Purdue's been doing great for them to continue to elevate now back to number one. It can, can help Illinois because who you beat matters, and if those teams are better, then, of course, that looks better on your resume. But is it something that I feel like for a while there was kind of the notion of root for your conference – was that always just kind of like not a real thing that a lot of people adopted? Did you did you do that when maybe you were watching bowl games back when they mattered a little bit more? That's a whole other conversation. But did you root for the Big Ten when they were in bowl games? I no? think it's validation, right? I mean, if I get beat up on the playground by the bully and then the bully goes and beats up the bully over at Centennial, <laughs> then I don't feel as bad. Right. Right? Right. Like, if if I get beat, by Penn State, 63 to 10. Not that that happened one time or anything, you know, in 2005. And then they go on to win the Orange Bowl and beat Florida State. I think we're like number three in the country. I didn't win a national championship. I feel like, oh, okay, well, yeah. See? Now, if Penn State got beat by like 40 as well, well, I'm really, really bad. So I think it's a vindication thing. I think we're always, listen, if you're not the best and you're an Illinois fan, you're always looking for something just to give you a little vindication. Like, we're not that far off. We're close. We're building. You know, so you're always scraping for stuff like that. Well, then in football, you've always been smacked with the the SEC dominance or just the the perceived notion of, all right, it, it's Big Ten versus SEC, but then for a long time, the SEC has more titles, more just overall postseason success, and obviously more uh, decorated media attention. So I feel like if I was in the Big Ten, I might, and even as a fan of the Big Ten, I would root for those other teams so that there was – 
a heightened perception of the league sure. in comparison to like the I, see, SEC or I, in basketball, the ACC. See, if you want to get into this, I have a whole theory of why the Big Ten is the way it is and why the SEC is the way it is. And, and, here, and here's why. It's because if you look at right after World War II, you have a ton of manufacturing in what we now call the Rust Belt. You have Pittsburgh with the steel, Detroit with cars, Toledo, Cleveland. We're talking the heart of Chicago's blowing up. It was growing faster than any town in the, in the country at that time. You have tons of jobs. You have the great migration from the south to the north. Great jobs, people working. You have abundant, you have robust economies, which lead to, you know, Michigan and Ohio State these and Penn State, these Rust Belt states with a lot of families, a lot of jobs becoming powerhouses, right? Perennial powerhouse when it comes to football, especially. Now, those jobs largely started to leave 70s, 80s, 90s, go overseas. People started living in the South again because air conditioning got a lot better in 1970. So then people start migrating back there. And now there's just not the footprint of athletes locally that we once had, that these baby boomers remember in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s when the Big Ten was the Big Ten. Now, to be successful, and this is the great transition that Urban Meyer did for the Big Ten, you have got to recruit nationally. Woody Hayes said he recruited Ohio, Ohio Pennsylvania, and New Jersey. That's it. Wow. Urban Meyer came in in 2012 and said, shoot, I'm going to recruit everybody around. And they got Chris Olave out of California, CJ Stroud's out of California. I could go off the list of where all these guys are from. Colston Loveland out of Michigan because Harbaugh, he's out of Idaho, player of the year out of Idaho, they're tight end. They're going everywhere to get guys, as is Georgia. The reality is, is that if you did a circle around where the national championships are won, over the last 10 years between Florida State, Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, and Clemson, it's a pretty tight circle on a map where those players are coming from. And that's because that's where the talent's at. Right mm-hmm. there in that Sun Belt area, there's a ton of talent. And they picked them out of Texas. They picked them out of California sometimes and got them to come over. So it's a much bigger deal. I didn't mean to really get philosophical on you But if you look at just the way population grows, econ- economic growth, that really goes to where the strength of each conference is. Well, that's the thing. You look I at, love it. You look at recruiting, and it's like so-and-so's recruiting X number. And you look at their rating, right? Not the ranking, the rating. And it's whatever. And that's the 120th best player in the state of Florida. If you put that in almost any other state, it's a top 30 player. It's sure. absurd how much talent is down there. Well, and, and, and Brett, I think Brett mentioned this like offhandedly in a press conference. He's like, we could go to one school and have four or five guys on this team that could be a D1 team. Now, I will say this. I think the rise of UCF for, for a little bit there, the rise of USF, which was good. Remember, USF at one point was the number one team in the country. Strange thing. Yeah, that might have been the 2007 season when everybody was getting beat. But in Florida Atlantic, some of these, I'm not going to call them mid-major, let's call them group of five mm-hmm. teams, they're taking a lot of the talent that Big Ten teams, okay, would usually get. Now, I'll, I'll give an example of James White. James, James hosts the, uh, the final drive with the Big Ten Network. I said, James, who recruited you? He goes, no Southern schools recruited me, okay? All my offers were Michigan State, Iowa, Wisconsin, and I picked Wisconsin because they have good tailbacks. And he had a bunch of Midwest schools. This is a guy that ran for 4,000 yards in the Big Ten, played 10 years in the NFL, and won three Super Bowls as a number two or number three back. And they all skipped on him. So there's still good talent, right? I mean, you can't say that James White wasn't a phenomenal pickup, right? 
So uh, I think it's 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 interesting to see this whole dichotomy of how it all shifts out and whatnot. And I will say too, Miami hasn't been as good lately. But now we see Cristobal starting to get some of the guys flipping guys, and you wonder. Are they going to get back to where they were? Because they seem to be stockpiling. Justin Scott obviously flipped from Ohio State Mm -hmm. to there out of Illinois. So it's interesting to me is when we talk recruiting, how that actually works, how it's still a relational game. And now I don't tie guys in. Joe, you know this better than anybody. For four or five years, I got to tie them in for a year. That's it. Because they could could transfer out. If I don't play a guy soon enough, is he going to transfer on me? That's always what we're thinking about, too. Yeah, it's got to be a nightmare. I mean, to recruit, like, now look, if, if it works out and you win a lot of games, it's not a nightmare, sure. right? Because you're a coaching staff and you're a fan base and you're benefiting from that. But if you're not in that upper tier and there's a cycle, and look, Illinois football under Brett Bielma hasn't had that large cycle that we've seen in other sure. programs. But I could understand, right? Like, it, that, that would not be the most fun to follow. If you're not winning, you're not getting to know these guys from freshman to senior year. I, I get like I understand why there's a crossroads right now with how people feel about the sport. Yeah, I mean, Brett Brett really didn't go wholesale transfer. I guess that, you know whoever Deion Sanders is the biggest wholesale transfer. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mel Tucker was pretty big as well too. Yeah, Mel Mel redid that whole roster, caught lightning in a bottle with uh, what's his name, Kenny, Kenny Walker, Walker yep. and you know Peyton Thorne. I mean, and Jaden Reed had some good players on that team. Got himself a $90 million contract, got paid 10 of it. But other than that, yeah, that's a whole other story, right? So uh, and that's a whole uh, and, and that's a whole other thing is the coaching changes you don't see coming. The Mel Tuckers, the Pat Fitzgeralds, the the different things in the in the in, in the coaching landscape, you're like, wow, I didn't see that coming. And so it's 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 very I saw Oklahoma has lost all of their offensive linemen and their starting quarterback. What is Oklahoma gonna look like next year? What are their first year in the SEC? No returning lineman, no starting quarterback, and we're in an era now where Oklahoma, growing up, Oklahoma was legit, okay? They're a top four, top five program every year under Bob Stoops. They're now getting guys picked off from Oklahoma. Is that because they don't have enough money? Is that because they don't believe in Brent Venables? He doesn't have that sex appeal? I don't know what it is, but you got Oregon coming in and just picking the quarterback they want, and it could be money. I understand. So the whole... The whole thing is changing right before our eyes. College football has changed more in the last three years than I can even imagine. Well, let's tie this back to Illinois okay. if we can. Yes. Isaiah Williams, we talked about it before the break, Jay. To me, that and Piper, we've got to tie this in for you for basketball so you can keep up here. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, it, it reminds me of Kofi Coburn, where, where you could come back for another year, break every single record, probably do pretty well NIL-wise, and, and just kind of have that piece of immortality and then try your hand. Isaiah had a, has a better chance at the NFL than Kofi did at the NBA. But right. that's very similar to me. But you mentioned it before. Six years in college, Jay, that like that's what he would have been looking at if he comes back. And sure. I don't expect him to be back. Uh, he declared that obviously the door's still open. I don't think he's going to make that pivot. What, what is that? When you, you're, yeah, I mean, we know it as, as normal college students right. where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm about done here. I'm 21. Sure. Yeah. But it, how long is that? Like when you're in that fifth year that – like you're getting to that back end, that must feel like forever, and you just want to you just want to start your life. Well, a lot of these guys with the transfer portal, and if you redshirt and or some of the, some of your friends are done, like your friends aren't there anymore that you came in with. You can make more. I think that's a big deal. We don't talk about a lot. It's like so Isaiah comes back. Let's look on the roster on who would be a sixth year guy with him. I'm trying to think. I'm sure you could come up. Ezekiel with Holmes would be Zeke, one. Zeke would in be that one guy. Mix. That's a good, Jay, that's a really good question. So, like, my friends are gone. Like, I, this was, I was talking to a kid out of Penn State. I knew his family. And, you know, 
last year, he was done, okay? They went to the Rose Bowl. He was done. His offensive lineman, Penn State said, what's, what's it going to take you to come back? I don't want to come back. All my friends are gone. Well, you know, what if we paid you X amount? I don't want to come back. So th- that's what's coming now is like, hey, we're going to pay you this amount just to come back. But I do think from an economics perspective, I think we, it's pretty obvious Kofi would have been better to stay, right? I think Isaiah could get half a million to a million to stay. You're all Big Ten. Maybe not from Illinois. You could get him somewhere else. I'm sure there's, remember, this guy had offers from everywhere in the country to be a receiver. Slot receiver's pretty sexy position. He's put a lot of production on with a uh, decent offense. Let's just say average offense. Um, what could his production be in the SEC? Playing for Bama, playing for you know Georgia. He has that kind of talent. They offered him now. He's a proven commodity. He's got, what, second most catches in the history of Illinois football? Good player. Jay, what do you think his future will look like in the NFL as far as the type of chance he'll get? Will he, you think he'll be drafted? Uh, maybe regardless whether he's an undrafted free agent or a late-round pick, he, he's probably a guy that gets a, a shot in training camp to make the make a team. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Is there anybody maybe he reminds you of as far as stylistically, stylistically that's stuck? You know, he's a slot receiver that's, that's quick and, and can obviously uh, make people miss, but maybe not the most – straight line speed explosive as some other guys yeah i mean obviously the all, all the all the guys that come to mind are those little slot receivers right i think first made famous really by wes welker yep. and then danny amendola uh same position julian sure. edelman kind of played some of that i don't think he's like somebody said like dante hall from you know the great return man for mm-hmm. kansas city he doesn't have the top end speed like dante hall isaiah i'm not knocking him he's just not as fast as you think he is He's very, very quick and very agile and very, very sudden. I think he can play punt returner. I think he'll he'll definitely get a shot. I think I see him being a fifth to seventh round draft pick. He could go higher based on how he runs. He's, but that's about all you could have him do. You can't have him play other special teams. You can't. So he's going to be a return guy and he's going to be your slot receiver. He's not going to be able to block in the run game. Great. He'll try. Right, so he's a very niche player, and there's a spot for niche players like that. So I think he'll be fine. I think he's going to play. He's one of those guys that if he can make the team initially, who he is character-wise will help the team. But sometimes, just ask me how I know character guys never get the chance to really make the team four or five years. I've right. been there, right? right? And so you, I understand that maybe he won't get the chance to really have the full effect in the NFL that he had at Illinois. What's he got to run? Because this right now this is forty training for him, basically, right? right? right so right. what's he got to run? See, I don't think I don't think I think as long as he's in the four fives, I don't think it's like, which isn't blazing for a receiver, sure. by the way. But I don't think it's like red flags because they're going to look at what they call his jingle jangle, which is his shuttle, his three code, and say. This guy's elite as far as they're going to see him in one-on-ones, and he's going to be very, very hard to cover one-on-ones in the slot. I think you get him outside, man, It's he get beat up. He doesn't. You see, when you're in the slot, you just don't get jammed nearly as much. And I think if you can keep him in the slot, he can do better. Tip Ryman, a guy that on the note of maybe having his fill of, of college, I'm, not, I'm kind of voicing that out there because he's not someone that will be projected to be picked in an NFL draft and wasn't all that – super productive in terms of the passing game. Uh, what do you think about his exit and how Illinois goes forward at the tight end position? Yeah, so I, I think I, I read an article about Tip Ryman, and he said that he was planning to like be done three and a half years, right? And I really believe I've seen Tip Ryman improve every year. Last year, he had some butterfingers. He didn't catch a lot of balls that he should have caught. This year, I don't think I remember him chopping a pass, maybe one. But 
who's a red zone weapon. He's great at the point of attack at blocking. I even had the idea to make some big money, put 30 pounds on tip. Let's put him at tackle. I think he's that athletic. I think he could block. I don't know if that would have gotten done. I really thought that Tip, now he's married, he's a mature guy, he's moving on, I understand. I think he's only been in the program four years, not five. Yeah. Yeah, I, good call. I, I really think he could benefit from a fifth year. I really do. I think he could be a 30-catch guy. He was 21 catches this year. I think he'd be a 30-catch guy next year, especially without Isaiah not getting as many balls. He's being gone. A 30-catch guy, I think, he could, I think he'd be a great blocker at the point of attack, whether it's a tackle, fullback, whatever it is, and a good special teams player. So, but everybody's got their reasons, so congrats to him. Good guy, and, and been, been a crucial part to this team. So now you look at an offense that you've got to replace Isaiah Williams. Sure. You've got to replace Casey Washington, who none of us had that on our bingo board before this Yeah, season. yeah, no, no, he's a real deal. Right, and then Tip Ryman. You've got to rep- replace Julian Pearl, Isaiah Adams. Suddenly, now you've got to replace really, really big stars on defense, right? But suddenly you've got a lot of holes offensively. Sure. And there's a lot to come back, but this offense could look a lot different in 2024, Jeff. I, I think they saw – they need to be able to – I think Barry Lane likes to throw it more than Brett likes to throw it a little bit. And I think, you know, they got the chance to do it when all the running backs go out. The last right. three, they just think it over. I think you're going to see a little bit more flavor of that. Get the running backs healthy. Get Jordan Anderson healthy. Uh, get Caden Fagan healthy. I think he's a star. Obviously, Reggie, I think, saw – Reggie Love saw the writing on the wall that Caden's going to get the lion's share. I mean, that was kind of – I don't think Reggie goes unless Caden blows up like he does. Maybe. Um, I think you're going to pound that. You're always going to have that as Brett Bielema's identity, but I think we're going to see more passing and more quick game. Luke, love Luke, love his boxing. He's got to have the internal clock better. He didn't have the internal clock as good as you need him to have, but can these guys take the next? We saw Ashton Hollis step up a little bit when we needed him to. I think Pat Bryant, if he can be consistent, sometimes he looks like the best receiver in the field. Looks all, he's got all the tools, right? right? The Some, tools are there. Sometimes he looks like yep. he's just not executing. He's dropping passes. He, you know, one game, and this is not to knock on Pat Bryant, I think he had two or three balls, maybe it was Minnesota, that touched his hands in the end zone. I might have 10 all year that touched my hands in the end zone. I got to come down with my fair share, right? And so I think Pat can be good. Uh, can Beatty and Wiltshire live up to some of the hype that at Beatty, former Gatorade Player of the Year, Wiltshire, a guy they thought really good out of Florida, we thought we'd see more of him. We didn't see more of him. Can we do that? Can Boyer, Arkin, um, I know they lost, I believe they lost it. They had a guy decommit at the tight end position out yeah. of out of Southern Illinois, yeah. I believe. But can those guys, they're, they're big bodies, can we use them in production? The biggest thing, and you know this, no offense works unless the offensive line works. That was the story of the first six games. Yep. That was the story of Purdue. That was the story of the Nebraska game. If your offensive line works, I don't care who you're throwing the ball to. So we've got to shore up that, and that's what I'm probably most concerned about. Yeah, it's also Malik Elzey. Like, you're a four-star, oh, unstakeated, it's time. 100%, 100% yes. Good, yeah. good call. Good call remembering Malik Elzey. And then I also think it's worth – sorry, Piper. I, yeah. I think it's also worth noting, and we saw it last year – Barry Lunny's offense, every offense operates better with a quarterback that can move. And that's very comfortable moving, like sure. when you call it Meyer. But it really feels like this offense took a step when they, and you're seeing that in the way they recruit, sure. what, what they're looking for. But Luke Altmeyer's legs are still going to be a big part of this. And his bounce back after the last three weeks of the season is going to be a big bounce back story going into spring, going into fall camp. I, can I hit the text line up real quick? Yeah. I mean, we got we got some good stuff here. So I got uh, Ben Galt here from Muhammad. From U of I history major, I give Jay's breakdown an A. I think that's of the Big Ten. Want to just pat myself on the back here? Um, <laughs> no more text. Jay, Jay, how did your faith help you get from Champagne Central to All American? Good question from two one seven. Listen, man, I always believed that my faith was central to my success. You know, I'm a guy that will always tell you 
man, if you can follow your faith, and for me, that was Jesus Christ with all your heart, he's going to bless you in what you do. I could break that down longer. That's a whole other podcast. Uh, Jason, Ron, this might be one for Joey. Curious if any more has been said about Yale to Illinois transfer Clay Patterson. He took down all his Illinois commitment stuff. Yeah, this is a good question. We're still, still working on that, but I, I did see his Twitter has been cleaned up of that. It's cleaned. More money came out. Okay, so Joe, Joey's on that. Um, please more RPO for Luke next year. That's all he did at Ole Miss. I like the RPO game. That's also what uh, Barry Lunny's accustomed to at UTSA, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay, you're going to be in Big Ten signing day special? No, man, I'm not a big dog like that. So, uh, you know, um, wherever Pearl's getting his cheat. Oh, okay, there was a basketball thing. You can call me. I don't respond to basketball stuff on the text line. <laughs> But I do talk about our sponsors, which is Iroquois Federal. He's our title sponsor. you got to check out Iroquois Federal. Bob Guido, Mark McHale, Ryan Lowry, Brenda Crane. For all your linen needs in Savoy and Champagne, Kyle Lewis, IPG Insurance. Kyle at IPGINS.com. Email him right now. Say auto, home, life, habitational, whatever you need. I think even his health insurance. Ask him. Kyle at IPGINS.com. Long Branch Steakhouse in beautiful downtown eclectic Gifford. Open from 5 to 9, Wednesday through Saturday. I'm checking out tomorrow night for a special radio party for ESPN 93.5, Stevie J Broadcasting Group. And, of course, Dick Van Dyke Appliance World's biggest sale of the year, December 26th through January 1st. We're talking 80% off dented and scratch bottles, iconic brands, GE, Frigidaire, Electrolux, Whirlpool. Save like never before. The year-end sale at Dick Van Dyke Appliance World, located at North Neal, right off of I-74. Will you get the whole store? Let's catch one more break. On the other side, we'll finish up with Jay. Any other questions, hit us up right now, 217-359-2255. Maybe you scrambling for a last-minute Christmas gift and got to ask Jay for some advice. Anything, hit us up, 217-359-2255 on the U of I Atlanta Link text line. This is The Drive. Looking to supercharge your business with digital marketing? Hi, I'm Stevie J. And in 40 years of radio, one thing has remained the same. We deliver real results for our clients, and your business is our business too. I'm excited to announce Stevie J Digital, your digital marketing partner. Aside from our tried and true radio campaigns, we offer website building, social media management, search engine optimization, search marketing, logo design, and brand management. Our expert digital marketing team is here to maximize your online potential and help grow your business. That means our web developers will create a stunning user-friendly website that leaves a lasting impression on your visitors. So the secret to growing your business in 2024 is an email away. Contact diane.ducey, diane.ducey at sjbroadcasting.com and let us show you what we're offering on digital marketing in 2024. That's diane.ducey, D-U-C-E-Y at sjbroadcasting.com. Hula Hands at 1900 South 1st Street. Keep Hula Hands in mind for New Year's Eve. With seatings between 4 and 9 p.m., wrap up 2023 on December 31st with a special menu. Seared sea scallops, grilled Atlantic salmon, or choose the honey glazed pork chop, plus the live music at Hula Hands. For new- when Ross went out, I always told him, be careful. And that was the last time I got to see him. Because someone didn't slow down and move over. Ross had on a bright orange shirt with reflective stripes the night he was killed. He always had that smile. He just lit up the room when he came in. Slow down and move over when you see flashing lights. Everybody is somebody, somebody. When you see lights flashing, use caution passing. Let's all go home safe tonight. Get the roof your home deserves by Roof Doctors, your residential roofing specialist that has always offered the best warranties in the industry, like our non-prorated 50-year warranty. 
Our customers love that we are family owned and locally operated. We make our customer needs our top priority. With over 30 years experience and the best customer service, give Roof Doctors a call today for your free estimate at 328-7529. In your community and for your community, Roof Doctors. What is it? What do you see? What do you hear? I see our friend everywhere I look. I hear his voice spoken through others, spoken in a little child's laughter, spoken in a magnificent sunset, painted in the sky, or his voice spoken when someone praises his name. We have this best friend for eternity who has the control. He has the whole world in his hands, and he offers forgiveness of all wrongs, offers healing, guidance, hope for today, hope for tomorrow, and all eternity. But his most valuable gift? unconditional love. And allow me to introduce Jesus Christ, our Savior, our salvation, our friend. Just reach out. Jesus will put his arms around you and offer comfort, strength, and courage for all eternity. He only asks for your love, willingness to help others, and a dedicated commitment to walk with him. It is really that simple. Live a life with hope. Finishing up the Jay Lehman Hour here on The Drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Derek Piper, Joey Wagner, and Jay Lehman. We did have Big Def on the U of I line link text line. Go to Christmas movies or Christmas music for you, Jay. Well, I mean, Mariah Carey is just a standard for everyone, right? Of I mean, she's We've seen the meme where she's thawed out. She started thawing out November 1st, right? And then, and then she's fully <laughs> like, you know. Uh, my kids love Elf. Elf. Yeah, they don't, they're not really old enough to laugh at the Christmas vacation like Chevy Chase. I really like, this is kind of weird. I like the claymation Rudolph. I think it's kind of funky to watch and like, you know, it's all kind of stiff and stuff like that. Yeah. I showed it to my kids like, what is this? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I, I, I kind of like it. Also, my daughter's a fan of Polar Express. It's another good one for the kids. It's, good it's kind of beyond before my, uh, after my time. So those are kind of my things. Uh, Mariah Carey. Um, I guess I guess I, I I do like the song Oh Holy Night, like the fall on your knees, you know, Josh Groban style. I'm really showing how culture on him right now. This yeah, is big. So yeah, I would say those are my those are my top two or three. Are you an early Christmas shopper, or are you last minute like go on the twenty third? I'm 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 as surprised when my kids open their gifts as they are, <laughs> dad kind of guy. Like oh wow, you got it. a new basketball. Way to go! That's, that's funny. That is amazing. Way to go, Santa. You know, and uh, so. I'm like, I've been surprised that I give my wife a ton of credit. She gets it done. Uh, now shopping for my wife is just, it's tough because then I, there's nobody, there's no kid that could do it for me. I was totally enabled. I had a mom and a sister that did all the shopping for me and my brothers. And so like, I never did any of that, which totally handicapped me when I got older. I quickly learned not to take gambles on buying clothes for females because it's just not going to be right. You're going to have to send it back. I just, it's, it's I, not, I'm not a good gift giver. I'll tell them like a mm. month before, like, Hey, this is what I got you. If you don't want this, it's not worth the time. One time, one time I did that when I was probably about your age in the mid-20s, and I, and I got something that I thought would look cute to my wife. She, she said, that 
kind of reminds me of something that's kind of hoochie. I was like, I thought you'd look good at it, you know? <laughs> hoochie. I've probably heard that word since before. Oh, but, yeah. But, but that was an old school word of, you know, I, I, I'm not going to wear that. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, maybe I just wanted you to wear it out. Just yeah. send me an Amazon I, wish list. I'll just, I, it's fine by me. I thought it would look good, you know, but, you know, <laughs> as your wife becomes a mom, it's stuff, the styles change a little that's bit, true. right? So you're just, you know. When I was in New York, my wife sent me a pair of shoes that she wanted. And I, instead of asking her, and texting her, what's your shoe size? I was like, you know what? I might, I, I've been with her for long enough. I maybe just, instead of in, doing the embarrassment of, you know, what size do you wear or whatever, I just said, all right, I'm going to order a six. And then I later asked her, I was like, you're a six, right? She's like, oh, I'm a six and a half. So I bought two pairs of shoes and I got to return one. So mm-hmm. yeah. there you go, though. I mean, at least you made up for it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes I'm like, well, what in, in this brand? What is the size that you are? Like, is this like a little different? Is sure, this like that's you know? You can always you can always mix it up, man. There you go. This uh, life lessons, man. I'm yeah, there we go. Over here. How about that, um, Jay? To close this thing out, how about initial? We're gonna get you back before the. Well, we're off all next week. So, so we're off. So, 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 so next week I'm off. We're not doing. We're not doing next week. I will be on the second for January because January first is a Monday. So we'll do January second. We'll have all kinds of things to talk about. Border war game, blah, yep. blah, blah, right? Uh, and all the January 1st bowl games, right? Will the – so the semis will have already been played yeah, by January, the January 1st is the semis. Okay. So we'll, so we'll talk Michigan, Alabama. We'll talk Texas, Washington. We'll also talk Penn State, Ohio State. They'll be playing all that time. I know we're up against it, but initial thoughts on – Michigan against Bama, and then also the other semifinals. So I think historically, if you just think about Alabama, they're just really hard to beat in the playoff. I mean, uh, it's really difficult to beat them. Saban has them right. This Alabama team is not your typical Alabama team, though. Uh, Jalen Milrow has gotten better and better as the years gone out. He is a freight train when he gets rolling downhill. We have a lot of defensive backs making business decisions getting out of the way, right? But remember, they needed the prayer in Jordan Hare to actually get into this game. They were getting boat raced, not boat raced, but getting beat pretty bad by Auburn, who got beat by New Mexico State. So it's not a dominant team, okay? Now, they did beat Georgia, a team that not lost in 28 straight games. So I think Alabama has the edge. But I'm always surprised by Michigan, a team that's rather starless on their team, is very consistent, very deep. They look like they know what they're doing. I don't know how, but they look like they know what they're doing on every play. And so, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that pans out. It was interesting that I believe Alabama hired an assistant from Michigan who's going to be coaching with Michigan, uh, coaching with Alabama during the game, which is strange. I don't know if you've seen this. Is that right? Yes. They 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 picked up an assistant from Michigan. I thought there was like some recently? Yes. Jeez. Strange. That is very strange. Maybe they'll talk about signs. <laughs> are, are, man, I, look, I know you're a BTN guy, and I, I'm not going to say you're – I don't want you to get in trouble or that well, I mean, they're leading so, you in a, so, in a so certain direction. So, obviously something happened. Yeah, right. right. So, I mean, the Big Ten can't penalize anymore. Because they've kind of settled with the three-game suit. Yeah, the NCAA is still out there. They supposedly have a guy have you know stadiums have this guy on tape videotaping other guys. There's rumors he was on the sideline for the Central Michigan. Yeah, there's a Jim McElwain, photo of that. Jim McElwain's like, I don't even know who this guy is. So spying on your one of your not your arch rival, but one of your in-state rivals with a guy on the sideline. I mean, that's 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 pretty bushly, right? Now, am I saying that they want to beat those teams? probably would have beat Michigan State for sure. But they were breaking rules that supposedly other people aren't breaking or most other people aren't breaking. So, therefore, it is against the rules. Maybe it's similar to like Deflategate or the, the New England had that 
what was it called? The spy gate as well. All the gates there. And, and, and uh, Ever since Watergate, we have to put gate yeah, on everything, gates right? on everything. But um, for those that are leaning towards, you know, I just flat out don't want Michigan to win because of the uh, this situation. Do you think that they're, they're right in that? Is that a fair stance? Do you think that that potentially could have swayed games enough to where we should just say, all right, everyone against Michigan, as their shirt says? Well, I, I don't know if it's... I think there's an even. How many games have they been evenly matched in the last three three years? Yeah, that's a good good point. I'm, I think could have swayed the Illinois game two years ago. Think about that. How close that game was. I mean, True. first off, I don't know who the replay official was, but JJ McCarthy picked up the ball with his knee down on the ground. I don't. Yeah, I get that the pick route was missed. Blah blah. How about he was like down on the ground with a six yard loss? Right, Joey. Right. That's right yeah. So that that but. I do think if you look at teams like Illinois last year, two years ago, who basically did the same thing defensively over and over again, and then they, you, they, you knew you were going to run the ball basically with Chase Brown, they struggled against those teams that didn't have more exotic things because I just think it was just like, well, a sign signal doesn't do much because Ryan Walters is going to play his three NFL DBs and man-to-man coverage, and that's why I think there was a little bit of advantage. Do I think it went on? I think it's pretty obvious something went on. Jay, we kept you too long. Sponsors one more time. Yeah, you're a federal for all your lending needs. Kyle Lewis at Kyle at IPG Insurance. Kyle at IPGINS.com. Long Branch Steakhouse, you come for the fried pickles, you stay for the steak. And, of course, Dick Van Dyke Appliance was year in sale, December 26th through January 1st, located on 74 in North Neal. Guys, you got to come for 80% off, dented, scratched, anything like that, 80% off, great deals, great sales, make it happen. Great stuff as always, Jay. I'll see you at Long Branch tomorrow night. Yeah, Pipes. All right, see you, Joey. See you, Jay. Thanks, man. Great stuff from Jay Lehman as always. We're due for a break. Stick with us. This is The Drive.